Good morning, church. Thank you so much for being part of our online worship service this morning. I want to start the same way I start every week, by telling you how much I love you and I appreciate you. Thank you so much for being part of our service this morning. I heard a story this week about a guy that went to a doctor and he was incredibly distraught when he got to the doctor's office and he told the doctor, doctor, you have to help me, help me, I'm I'm afraid that I'm dying, everything is, is a mess. And the doctor said, what's wrong? And the man said, well, everything is wrong. Everywhere I touch, it hurts. When I touch my leg, it hurts. When I touch my stomach, it hurts. When I touch my chest, it hurts. If I touch my arm, it hurts. If I touch my head, it hurts. Everywhere I touch, it hurts. Well, the doctor examined him for a little bit and he said, well, I've got some good news and some bad news. The good news is you're not dying. The bad news is your finger is broken, right? And that reveals something that's true in us, both physically and spiritually, that it's hard sometimes to diagnose ourselves. But that's what this series this month has been all about. It's about diagnosing ourselves, about looking at our life and saying, where am I currently? How am I doing currently? Before we take a next step, before we do another thing, before we, before we go any further, asking ourselves, where am I right now? How's my life right now? How's my relationship with the Lord right now? Currently, presently, how am I doing? But it can be incredibly hard to evaluate ourselves. And sometimes all we can do is go to the great physician and say, I'm broken, help me. The problem comes when we don't think we're broken. The problem comes when we don't think anything is wrong. The problem comes when we don't feel like we need any help, like we've got everything under control already. But I'm guessing that all of us fall into one of two categories, and maybe at times we fall into both of these categories. Sometimes, sometimes we're overly self-critical, right? We're overly self-critical, and we feel like we are beyond help. We feel like I've done too much that's wrong. I'm too confused. I'm too hurt. I'm too broken. I, I've made too many mistakes and we're overly self-critical. And then on the other hand, sometimes we can be overly self-confident and we can think, I don't need any help. I'm doing pretty well. The real problem is out there. The real problem is with those other people. The real problem is with them, not with me. I'm just fine. And the people of Jesus' day fell into those two categories as well. There were people that were overly self-critical. They were being criticized by other people and they believed the criticism. They were being told, you're not good enough, you're too broken, you've gone too far, you've done too much that's wrong and you are beyond help. And there were other people who were overly self-confident, who didn't think that they needed any help who believed that they had everything under control. They were doing things the right way. The real problems in Israel were, was with everyone else. But they themselves, they felt like they had everything under control. They felt like they were doing pretty well. And I think we have to realize this truth, that the gospel both humbles us and helps us. For those that are overly self-confident and feel like I've got it all under control, 
I, I'm doing just fine. I don't need a doctor. I don't need forgiveness. I don't need help. I don't need to make any changes. I'm doing just fine. The gospel humbles us. Jesus humbles us and says, you do need help. And if you don't recognize that you need help, if you don't recognize that you need to make some changes, if you don't recognize that you're not there yet, then you are in serious, serious trouble. But, but the gospel also helps us. It doesn't just humble us. It also helps us. And for those moments when we feel like we are beyond help, the gospel says, this good news is for you. And you're not beyond help. You're not so broken that the great physician can't put you back together. Jesus will forgive you and make you new and help you to take the next step by faith. So the good news both humbles us and helps us. In fact, as we think back to the Sermon on the Mount that we've been looking at all summer, it really begins... It begins, Jesus begins the sermon by saying, essentially, you might be surprised who the blessed ones are going to be. You might be surprised who the, the ones who will reign in the kingdom of God are going to be. You might be surprised who truly are the blessed ones. And then he ends the Sermon on the Mount by essentially saying, and you might be surprised who are the condemned ones. You might be surprised about the ones who don't make it in at all. He begins by saying, you might be surprised what kind of people are going to make up the kingdom. It's not the people that you would expect. It's the hungry. It's the thirsty. It's the broken. It's the poor in spirit. It's the meek. It's the humble. It's those who thought that they were beyond help. It's those who knew and cried out, help me, Lord. I don't know what's wrong with me, but only you can fix me. It's those people. And the kingdom of God is going to be filled with those people. And then on the other side, you might be surprised who's not going to make it in at all. You might be surprised because it's the people that you thought were going to be at the front of the line. It might be the most religious people you've ever met in your life. And Jesus says, you might be surprised who's not going to make it in at all. And so we need to take these things seriously, don't we? If we think that this message and this sermon was just for the people of Jesus' day, we're making a huge mistake. It's for us as well, isn't it? And we've got to stop and examine ourselves and say, where am I right now? If I might be surprised... Who fills the kingdom? And I might be surprised who doesn't make it into the kingdom. Then maybe I need to take a good, long, hard look in the mirror and ask myself, am I a citizen of God's kingdom? I want to read this text for us this morning and then just kind of go back through it and work our way through. So Jesus says this, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. 
Let's kind of work our way through that text this morning. Verse 21, Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Notice that Jesus says, my Father. Do you remember as we've worked our way through the Sermon on the Mount over the last few months, how Jesus has consistently and constantly talked about your Father or our Father? But here, as he wraps up and concludes the Sermon on the Mount, he says, now listen, you need to understand that he's my Father. Because if Jesus isn't your Lord, then God isn't your Father. If Jesus isn't your Master, then God isn't your Father. If if Jesus isn't your Savior, then God isn't your Father. If you don't listen to Jesus then God isn't your father. The only way to have a relationship with the father is through Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one, the king, the Lord, the master, the only begotten son of the father. For you and I to have a relationship with God, then we must listen to Jesus The father is Jesus' father before he's your father or my father. And Jesus says that it's going to be the one who does the will of my father. But but look at the real contrast here. It's between those who say and those who do. The, The world is full of talkers. The kingdom is full of doers, right? The world is full of talkers. Even the religious world is full of talkers. Those who say great things, well, I believe this, and I believe this, and this is my position, and this is my position, this is my doctrine, and here's what I believe, but the kingdom is full of doers. And the contrast here that Jesus is driving home right here at the end of this sermon, what he wants you and I to examine ourselves upon is the fact that the world is full of talkers. But the kingdom is full of doers. It's one thing to say, Lord, Lord. It's another thing to do the will of the Father. But, but listen, here's, here's where we kind of have to be careful. Jesus doesn't say or imply that by doing the will of the Father, you've somehow earned a place in the kingdom. That's not what Jesus is saying. In fact, you might put it this way, that kingdom citizenship isn't earned by doing the Father's will. It is proved by doing the Father's will. You're proving that you are a citizen of God's kingdom, of the kingdom of heaven, by doing the Father's will. And by contrast, you're proving that you're not a citizen of God's kingdom by not doing the Father's will. You're not earning a spot in God's kingdom by doing the Father's will, but you are proving whether or not you are a citizen of God's kingdom. And Jesus says, listen, it's not going to be those that talk a good game. It's not going to be those that say, Lord, Lord, because there's going to be lots of people who say, Lord, Lord, on that day. It's going to be those who do the will of the Father. The world is full of talkers, but the kingdom is full of doers. Now look at verse 22. 
He says, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And notice here, on that day, on that day, we don't talk enough maybe about the day of judgment. History is moving in a certain direction. It's moving towards a, climax, a point in time, a day on which the living and the dead will be judged. This isn't just the day of your death. That's not the day of judgment. It's a day on which Jesus says that he will oversee the judgment of everyone. Do we recognize that everything is moving in that direction? Now, I know we get so caught up in our lives. We get so caught up in what's going on. We get so caught up in the status quo. In fact, our lives so revolve around doing the same things day in and day out that the slightest little disruption, or sometimes, like right now, huge disruptions, just kind of throw everything into a tailspin. But do we recognize that there's coming a time when all of it will come to an end? Everything, the way that it's been going on, everything that seems so important, everything that that was being built up, everything that was happening, it's all going to come to a screeching halt. And on that day, everyone will answer to King Jesus. Everyone will answer to King Jesus. Look what he says. He says, many Now, this isn't the first time in this chapter. Remember back in verses 13 and 14 when he contrasts the two different ways, the two different paths, the broad path and the narrow path. And he says that many will take the broad path, but few will take the narrow path. And here he says that there's going to be many people who say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all of these things in your name? See, sometimes throughout history, religious people have been in the majority. But kingdom people have always been in the minority. Kingdom people have always been the few. Religious people might be in the many, but the kingdom people have always been in the few. The people that are truly listening and doing the Father's will. Whether that was in ancient Israel or whether that's in our time and place. Religious people may be in the many, but kingdom people have always been in the few. And notice some of the things that he says. He says, prophesy in my name and cast out demons in my name and do mighty works or miracles in my name. These are religious people, right? These are religious people. We we did all kinds of things in your name, Messiah Jesus. We did all kinds of things in your name. We prophesied in your name and we cast out demons in your name and we did mighty works in your name. These are religious people, but there's a difference between being religious and being obedient. And I'm not talking about baptism right now. I mean, baptism is important. Singing is important. Praying is important. But, But we might fill in the blanks here with those types of things as well. Wasn't I baptized in your name? Didn't I sing in your name? Didn't I close every prayer of mine in Jesus' name? Amen. 
Didn't I pray in your name and sing in your name and get baptized in your name? And Jesus wants us to recognize. He wanted the people of his day to recognize. He wanted the people of his day to know that you might be surprised who doesn't make it into the kingdom of God. You might be surprised who isn't part of the blessed ones. Because there's going to be a lot of religious people who weren't obedient people. There's going to be a lot of religious people that did a lot of religious things in the name of God or even in the name of Jesus, but weren't actually disciples of Jesus. Weren't actually doing the things that Jesus said to do. Weren't actually being the kind of people that Jesus commanded people to be. Weren't actually following Jesus. There's a difference between being religious and being obedient. And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. It occurred to me this week how similar this is to something that David wrote in Psalm chapter 6 and verse 8. He says, depart from me. All you workers of evil, for the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies shall be ashamed and greatly troubled. They shall turn back and be put to shame in a moment. The Father listens to the Son. Jesus knows his people. Jesus knows who belongs to him. How does Jesus know who belongs to him? He knows them because they do the Father's will. And Jesus says, on the day of judgment, on the day of judgment, when Jesus stands in judgment of all of the people, there are going to be many, many religious people who say, Lord, Lord. Lord, Lord, didn't we do all of these religious things in your name? But Jesus is going to say to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Jesus knows who are his people and who are not. And Jesus intends for this sermon and this message, not my sermon, but his sermon, to both Humble you and help you. Humble you if you think you don't need help. Humble you if you think you've got it all worked out. Humble you if you don't think that you need any healing. And help you when you realize that you do. Help you when you realize that you're broken and you can turn to him as the physician and say, help me, forgive me, heal me. And then Jesus not only forgives us and helps us and heals us, but he sends us out to do the Father's will. Not to talk about the Father's will, not to be talkers about what God wants, but to be doers, to do what pleases the Father. Not to earn our our citizenship, but to prove this is who we are. This is simply what we do out of gratitude for what's been done to us. And we began by saying that Jesus' Sermon on the Mount is all about the fact that you might be surprised 
who's saved and who's lost. You might be surprised who's blessed and who's condemned. You might be surprised at who's in and who's out. But if you hear the sermon, there shouldn't be any more surprises. Right? Too often we spend our life thinking that this is scary. This shouldn't be scary to us. There's no surprises here. Right? There are no surprises. Listen, when you listen to Jesus now, you won't be surprised later. Right? Jesus is telling you so that you'll know. It all comes down to this. Does Jesus know you? Are you listening to him? Are you following him? Are you doing the father's will? He's telling you this is the father's will. Here's how you live forever. Follow me and I will give you life. I will forgive all of your sins and I will give you a home in the kingdom. I will give you a seat at the table. I will give you life that will never, ever end. And if you listen to Jesus now, you won't be surprised later. The only people who are going to be surprised later are those who don't listen to Jesus now. Listen to Jesus now and you won't be surprised Later, if you're listening to Jesus and you're following Jesus and you're accepting the forgiveness and mercy and grace of Jesus and the assignment of Jesus to walk by the Spirit and to do the Father's will, then you have nothing to be afraid of. You don't need to be afraid of the judgment day. You have nothing to be afraid of and you don't have any surprises to expect. The people who will be surprised are the religious people who did all kinds of things in God's name, who did all kinds of things in Jesus' name, but they didn't really listen to Jesus. And church, I'm not just talking about people out there in the greater religious world. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about us. I'm talking about the very real and very distinct possibility that it's possible for you and I to do things in his name, to cry, Lord, Lord, to be religious people, to fill our lives full of religious ceremony and religious ritual, but not really listen to Jesus. Listen to Jesus now and you won't be surprised later those who are listening to Jesus those who are following Jesus those who have clothed themselves with Jesus and baptism and have been raised up to walk in newness of life to do the father's father's will have nothing to be afraid of on the judgment day but those who are just going about their busy little lives doing all kinds of things in the name of the Lord, but not really listening to Jesus, sadly, are going to have quite a shock on the day of judgment. So the question for us, the only question, what judgment comes down to is this question, are you listening? Are you listening to Jesus? Are you following Jesus? He'll show you the Father's will. 
He'll forgive you all your sins and transgressions. He'll lead you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. All you have to do is be his disciple. But we need to do some self-evaluation and really stop and ask ourselves, am I his disciple? Am I listening to him? Am I following him? If there's anybody this morning or at any point and you're ready to put Jesus on in baptism or you're ready to recommit and rededicate your life to Jesus or you just need the prayers and encouragement of your church family, church, please don't let what's going on in the world stop you from reaching out. We are in this together. We want to help each other to listen to Jesus and to do the Father's will. Thank you, church, for being here this morning.